One, two, three. Harold and Brad. Windy City Filmmakers. Harold and Brad. Windy City Filmmakers. Harold and Brad. Three, two, one. What's going on, y'all? Brad Stevens here for another edition of the Harold and Brad Winnie City Filmmakers Podcast. HD, what's going on, man? What's up? What's up, B? Glad to be here again. Let's do this, man. Yes, we have a very special guest, my good friend, actor, writer, director, producer, Ron Hanks in the house. What's going on, man? Hey, Brad. Hey, Harold. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, good to oh, see God. you. Good to see right you. On. Hey, I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy to be here. This oh, of course is you are. Of course you are. <laughs> so I've, heard, I, I've been listening to some of the other podcasts. I see who else you've been. They, the other people you, they actually work. The other people you have on the show. They actually. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah. I've got news for you. I'm unemployed. So, you know. You hey, we, a hey. lot of us are now, man. Hey. Hey, we're right there with you. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> hey, so the first question we always ask people, it's a two-parter. Uh, what's your connection to Chicago, and what kind of art do you create? My connection to Chicago is that I went to graduate school at DePaul University. I got my uh, MFA in acting there in uh, a while back in Chicago. And so I spent three years there getting that. And uh, I, I loved it. I love being in Chicago and I miss right. it all the time. Uh, and so for, I can tell you a little bit about my background as well, where I'm from. I started in uh, Little Rock, Arkansas is where I'm born, was yeah. born, born and raised. Uh, I went to college, uh, an undergraduate there in Arkansas as well. I got a, uh, from Lyon College and I got a degree in English and theater there. I uh, did a little bit of work in theater in between for about a year and then went to DePaul. And so for my interest where I am now, as far as what I'm doing now, it's um, all about film and television right now. Um, theater itself, especially now, has been really hard to come by. Right. Um, and especially in Los Angeles. I live in Los Angeles now. After Chicago, I moved off to New York and, and now in L.A. Um, but now, you know, it's all about film and TV for me. And it has been for at least about... 10 years now, something like that. You know, there are a lot of movers and shakers that come from Little Rock, Arkansas. One of my buddies, he came and he came up and I was selling cars at Salozzi Edelson here uh, in Elmhurst. And he came in and he became the top salesman real quick. He became a buddy, man. So congrats on we're Little talkers. Rock. We're talkers down there. <laughs> we're going to talk our way out of a lot of crap. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So so talk about some of the shows that you've done uh, coming out of DePaul or in DePaul as an actor. So for us in DePaul, and I'm, I'm, this is actually a good segue into what happened with New York. I mean, for some reason, you know, say DePaul has a really good children's theater program. And always did, always reaching out and, and to the community and, and, and doing children's theater. And Brad as well was in this case too. Brad got, he did a lot of these children's theater shows right. as well. Yeah. And I was in that involved with that and used a lot of improvisation, used a lot of movement. You're rolling around on the floor, creating characters. Um, and sometimes it got a bad rap to always to be in these to be in the children's shows, but I loved it. I, I really did. I loved it. I loved entertaining. So you have to be honest. The kids will call you out on your stuff immediately, right. if you're not honest. 
And that's one of the reasons that I think I actually landed my first role in New York was because of all the children's theater work in Chicago. Um, I had done uh, an audition for a company called Theater Works in New York, and they do national tours of shows uh, and their equity. And um, the first audition I go in, they ask me to roll around on the ground. Uh, and, um, what, what a troll. They wanted me to be a troll, right? right. So I'm rolling around doing flips. No big, I didn't hesitate. I didn't have yeah. any problems. I was down on the ground, flipping around like an idiot. And they were just doing that slow clap. Like, who is this guy? You know, <laughs> my first audition in, in New York. And I booked it. I booked it. I booked a national tour uh, for The Lion, The Witch, and The Wardrobe. I did it for about six months. Um, and it was great. I got my equity card that nice. way. Um, and But I owe that stuff through through, through the work I was doing in, in Children's Theater in DePaul. Um, it, it really grounded me. It really taught me how important it was to play it as real as possible, even if it was for an audience of kids. Um, even if, even more even more real for the audience of kids. Um, and so that that was sort of like the foundation, especially with improv as well. Uh, I love improvisation, and uh, I wish I could do it even more now. I just don't have time. There's just no time. Right, right, right. Now. You know, that's great. Uh, uh, I have a story. I was in Louisville, uh, and I was at this uh, conference for uh, business owners or something, and I was representing this company. And, it, and it got, one of the guys that was hosting the event, he had all of these professionals do this children's play, whereas uh, someone had to play the frog, and someone had to play this, the elephant. And I sat back with me being an actor. I was like, I'm just going to let whoever wants to be, be, be it. No one raised their hands, and I was like, well, I'll be the frog. <laughs> And so I was leaping around, <laughs> goofy like, it got me cast in a raised in sun that I could see. Wow, see? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Crazy. Uh, along those lines, like, you know, going through the theaters, well, I guess a lot of acting programs, we did a lot of uh, rolling around on the floor with different classes and stuff like that. So, w what is the importance to you? How important is training? of any kind in terms of being, being being an actor? How important has the training been to you in terms of actually working, working the real world, so to speak? Well, first of all, going back to the floor stuff, I know for a fact I've been in classes with you, Brad, and I've looked over at you, you looked over at me, and I'm gonna cuss here, but you say, what in the hell are we doing? <laughs> what are we doing? We're full grown men rolling around like idiots, right? Like, right. But it's because of that very permission that that a program like that gave us to say, you've got to get down there and be stupid. You, you've got to go find out who you are. You've got to explore all the limits that your physicality can bring yeah. to a role for us to even be the artist that we are today. And, and we had to remove this inhibition that we've been taught our whole lives uh, of sit in this chair and hold your pen this way, hold your paper this way and don't get out of line, right? They want right. everybody in line. And so you got to break through all those boundaries. And, and, and that's what I just, I didn't anticipate that. I thought we were going to study theater. I thought we were going <laughs> to, to watch movies. I, I don't know what I was thinking. I thought we right. were gonna, I don't, I don't know. And then the very first day they're like, all right, no talking, get on the ground. And you're going <laughs> to breathe, breathe and worry about your throat. <laughs> right. You had to get over that. Funny for this. <laughs> you had to get over that notion of don't be the class clown in school growing up. I, you know, I remember that. 
looking at the class clown as the idiot, you know, right. and we became the idiots, <laughs> but right. it's okay. It's okay. No, we build structures, right? We build so much structure around ourselves to keep ourselves safe and, 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 and training and programs uh, like something like the theater school at Nepal, that's the first thing they attack is yeah. like, what, what walls do you have up that, that are keeping you, you know, safe because that's limiting your creativity. That is holding you back. All these things you have up, these facades, um, everything from even the way we talk. Sometimes we have a certain way we talk. That's a facade, you know, right. depending on who we're with. It blew my mind. I, I'll, I, I'll never forget. I'll never, I'll never resent the money I spent on that program. Oh, no doubt. Right. Yeah. I joke about it. I'm like, oh, I have MFA. Look at me now. I, I say that stuff a lot, but I don't mean it. <laughs> I'm proud. Of, I'm proud of it. And I, 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 uh, I, I really respect so many of the people that went through the DePaul program, for example, just because we're talking about DePaul, but um, the people that dedicated themselves still, I mean, I have friends that are still hidden classes, still doing stuff nice. as much as they can and exploring themselves as artists. I've decided to explore myself as a father because now I have a kid. And now it's like taking a whole new realm to learn about life through his eyes. So you did uh, Golden California. Uh, <laughs> yes. Right. How, how did you come up with the come up with the concept for it? All right. So Golden California is not a serious program, right? Okay, it is right. An improvised <laughs> travel show where we actually go to places like the Golden Gate Bridge. Right. And I, uh, I try to limit people's inhibitions by made. I, I, we created this character that has this Southern accent. He's, you know, he talks like this, and he's very excited to be everywhere you want to be. We're at the Golden Gate Bridge, boys. Come on! Right. I know, Brad. Brad, you're so tall, you can stand up there and paint that thing green and red. <laughs> but anyway, I. You know, we created this character that was um, a, a, a fool, right? right. So anybody that we actually talked to, any characters that we we talked to, even if they were crazy themselves, um, some of them were, um, that they were normal. And so I love that that juxtaposition. When when you watch travel shows, the travel host is always like Anthony Bourdain, right? They're always this expert <laughs> yeah. going to a situation, right? And and. Uh, and they, they bring this expertise of either food knowledge or, or, or history knowledge or art knowledge. I love Rick Steves. We love the characters based a lot on Huell Hauser, who was a big, uh, he, he had a travel show in California for years called California's Gold. You know, one of my, these are all like hero people to me for the travel shows, but we wanted to turn that on its head. Uh, and my friend Morgan Steele approached me with this idea and I, I fell in love with it instantly because nice. it, we still were in the places. We were looking at these beautiful places and putting things on their head uh, and, and, and turning it around and exploring things in a different way. And it was all, it was so much fun. You got to watch the show. It's on Amazon Prime, all three seasons. Good stuff. A good plug, a good segue for awesome. that plug. 24 episodes are on there and we actually really are in these places we, we go to. Wow, you really donated some time to get 24 episodes. I mean, that's work. So you've been you've been doing the thing, making stuff happen for yourself, moving and yeah. shaking, moving mountains. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, a lot's been happening with that. And um, th there's I miss I miss doing that show. Obviously, we can't do stuff like that. It, there's a pandemic. There's right. things like that where we can't we can't do some of those those shows. I can't wait to do more like that. I love interacting with with people. I love that. I love it more than, more than you guys know. It's great.
So how important is it along those lines? Because uh, uh, in terms of being an artist, how important is it to create your own content? How important has that been? Yeah. Okay. So yeah, now you're getting into what I feel like is, is the crux of the matter for a lot of artists, right? Right. We're constantly told you have to create for yourself. And then we try to go out for other jobs and they say, wait, you don't have all these like uh, network roles. So you can't have this acting role. We, we can't trust you. You don't right. have the network gig. You don't have this big, uh, you know, uh, universal studios picture. You don't, you know, they, they want these certain things. And then as artists were told, we'll go out and create your own art. You're going to build up to that. Right. right. So what do you do? I think at the end of the day, you have to have to create roles that speak to who you are. No doubt. That, that speak to your life experience. There is only one Brad Stevens. There, there is only one Harold Dennis. There's only one Ron. Like we, we, there's only us. Right. We only speak to what we have. We all have these unique experiences. And the more we explore and we dive, I'm a white guy. Do you know how few people want to hear from me right now? Uh, nobody, nobody wants to hear from me. I'm not complaining about it either. Oh my God. I'm, and, I, and I'm straight with a kid. Jeez, how boring, right? But, but like, like, like we used to say, you don't know me. Like, you don't know me. You don't know me. You don't know nothing about me. You have to, I have to keep trying. I have to keep, uh, putting my stories out there right if you, if you if you really you know we talk about this a lot like once you start putting your stories out there you're going to try to empower other people you're going to try to empower people who are uh, uh don't have power you're going to you're going to try to give them the power to, to express themselves you're going to inspire other people to ex express themselves and that's what we have to keep doing you have to keep giving other people a platform nice yeah. I have to say that right now I am touched, moved, and inspired. I'm charged no up right now. Yeah, right man. Now I'm charged up. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, let me yeah. tell, I'll tell you a story. You know, one of my very first ever experiences with any of this was in Little Rock, Little Rock Central High School. I went to a a, a, a very racially charged high school. We, I mean, we we were the embodiment of an integration crisis in 1957. And when I went to school in the nineties there, there was still this tension, this black and white tension that was no longer a white school. It was a black school with a white minority. Right. And, and there was this resentment there. And along came this movie called the Ernest Green story, Morris Chestnut starred in it. They came, they said, we're going to shoot the story about the Little Rock nine. We're going to recreate the integration crisis. We're going to bring in a hundred people to play national guardsmen. We're going to bring in all these extras, probably 200 people, these extras to play uh, uh, white rioters basically. And we're going to, we're going to bring one woman to bring in off the bus to walk her through in this big scene. Um, as she walks into Central High School for the first time as a black woman to integrate that school. And we're going to shoot this for real. And right. it's, it was it was this amazing moment to bring as me as like in a 10th or 11th grader to get to be in this movie uh, of how I was transported in time in that moment when the director said action, it was a Disney movie, it was like a Disney made for TV film. The director said action, transported back in that time to history to have history relieve, relive itself. And to be there in that moment and to experience what it was like, it wasn't just something that was on um, on television or in a, on a, a magazine or looking at old photos. This was exactly where this history happened. Right. And now I was there in this movie recreating that for other people to experience it. And it was so powerful to me. And I was one of the white people that were in the riot. Right. right. To try to stop. You know what I mean? I was playing on the wrong side of history there. But as a human being, 
it, it spoke to me so much because you empathize with, with, with the character. You empathize with her walking down with her shades, with tears coming down her eyes. No doubt. You empathize with her. And you realize like, oh my gosh, I wish everyone could be here in this moment to experience this, what I'm experiencing right now. And it hit me at an age where I was in 10th or 11th grade doing that, um, that changed my life forever. It made me want to be in film and TV and theater. It made me want to be proactive in what I do, um, not only with with race, but with gender identity as well. Uh, And it just made me want to focus on empowerment issues big time. Oh la la. Yeah.